Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, believe it by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Welcome back to the show, everybody. Seth and Sean Sports Radio, quarantine show number five at a different time, 430. But our our NFL our NFL draft guest show. And I have to say, I don't think we're in any different of a ball game than anybody else this year, Seth. It may be the first time that you and I are probably on the same plane as all the experts. I don't think we're anywhere near on the same plane as the, as the experts, but it, it's certainly a little bit more even than usual. Um, they do. They, they, they still, they still scout all year. They still have some pro days. They still have the combines. You know, they, they didn't get everything, but they still got more than usual. I feel like I'm an expert. I'm just saying that right now. I, I think I've put enough time into this mock draft. That probably is the exa- <laughs> I probably put I probably put as much time into the mock draft as the first round will take. I think I have done that like three hours of work on the mock wow. draft. Wow! It, it it it's got a lot of trades. It's got seven trades, which I don't be, which I think is a little bit more a little bit more than normal. Um, I've actually mocked out the points as to who's going to get traded and for how much. And that's all coming up uh, in a couple of minutes, maybe uh, in 10, 15 minutes. But first, let's talk about the last dance. And we, we've previewed this on the show the last couple of weeks. We were both looking forward to watching at least some relevancy, something that is new, something that is exciting. And ESPN pushed it up uh, from June it. to and now. pushed it. Right, but I'm saying at least they, but they pushed the timeline, right? It was supposed yep. to come out at the end of the finals, which would have been in yep. late June, early July, and here we are, not even in May. So, overall, it was well done. Like, everything about it was well done. But there are definitely certain things that I kind of shrugged my shoulders and said, I'm not, sh- uh, look, I, I definitely learned some things. A couple of things here and there, but overall, it was a good documentary. Yeah, it was. Um, I enjoyed the. I enjoyed it. I don't think either of us watched it live. I watched it yesterday. I don't know when you watched it. Um, but 
you know, I, I saw in one of the Facebook on one of the Facebook living room GMs run by our friend Bate Isle. And there are people who are crushing it and there are people who are bored but it was just like I expected more. I'm not really sure what you expected. Um it's ten parts, so we don't know what the whole thing is gonna encompass. It was enjoyable and it's what's nice is it's a retrospect, you know, people you know, the people in their twenties and thirties don't remember Michael Jordan. They just don't, or they they remember him vaguely, but he's more the Air Jordan guy. He's more of a ghost than anything else. And a good example, Zach Ziskin, who was called on the show several times in, in the past, um, you know, called me a couple of days ago, and he and he always he said he's like, I thought LeBron was the best of all time, but after seeing this, I don't know how anyone could go against Michael. And I go, well, you didn't see Michael in his prime. He's like, well, I saw him, you know, ninety seven, ninety eight. I go, that's not his prime. His prime was 91, 92, 93, when he was 28 to 30 years old, not when he was 34. And I go, how old were you during that point? He goes, five. And I said, that's exactly my point. You know, I saw the 86 Jordan game against the Celtics, which is the greatest, probably the greatest team of all time. I remember that game. I was eight, I was eight or nine years old. But it was so ridiculous. I remember watching in my living room with my dad that it's a game I've never forgotten. I remember Jordan hitting five three-pointers against my beloved Blazers in game one of the 92 finals. You know, a lot of people who make these comments, and this is why a lot of, you know, it kind of goes in one year out the other, they were 25 years, they're 30 years old now. They they either weren't born or they don't remember. They're not going to remember what, how good Jordan was in 87, in 88, you know, even before they won the titles. That's right. So it was nice to kind of get a feel for what he was because he was a global icon before social media. I can only imagine what his life would have been today. Okay, so the first thing, I, the first memory that I have of Michael Jordan, truth be told, is the All Star game where he sat out and he broke his foot. That was that's the first memory. I don't remember him in college. Now, granted, you and I were six, seven years old. I don't I don't remember following college basketball as much. When he was in college, I followed Patrick Ewing. Patrick Ewing was my guy. I, I don't know why he was my guy. George, I don't understand why Georgetown was my team, but they were my team. And I followed him, and I follow, followed Reggie Williams and Michael Jackson. Not that Michael Jackson. The guard that was on the Georgetown teams. But I don't remember Michael Jordan at all at North Carolina. At all. Now, the one thing that I saw that they did gloss over a little bit was they showed Michael's shot, but they didn't show Fred Brown giving the ball away. And, yeah, to, uh, that, that kind of uh, – it, it's kind of like Michael won the game. Well, Michael really didn't win the game, right? I mean, Michael hit the shot with 30 seconds left, and there was a very significant play thereafter. And I, yeah. I think they glossed over. I think they glossed over that a bit, a bit. So I, I didn't exactly like that part. Um, I will tell you, I what amazed me about the first two episodes was not the basketball. It was not Michael. It's how much our world has changed. So they showed airport and how people were coming up to other people. And, and this is before coronavirus, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, this is pre-9-11. 
right, when you were able to go to the gates and you were able right. to welcome your family home and you were able to walk into a game without a metal detector at all, like not even being patted down. You were just walked right in. And for the first, what, we were 18, uh, not 11, we were 25. So for the first 24 years of our life, Seth, you and I walked into ball games unobstructed, didn't care, here's our ticket, go. Right? Wasn't even an issue. And now that's what that's what got me about these two shows. It had nothing to do I didn't really learn a whole lot that I didn't know. I learned a little bit about Scotty Pippen that I didn't know. I think they made Jerry Krause out to be the bad guy, which I didn't exactly enjoy. Because how many general managers are bad guys? And Jerry Krause is not alive to defend himself. And I didn't exactly like that. That they, they made a whole lot about how Jerry Krause was this bad, bad guy. And the whole renegotiation, which I know we're going to get into into the next show with Scottie Pippen, and how, and how Reinsdorf didn't renegotiate Scottie Pippen's contract. Ladies and gentlemen, there. Uh, from what I know about contracts in either Major League Baseball or in the NBA, you have never had a renegotiated contract. Ever. It made no sense. The whole premise made no sense. And to bring that up now, I get that it was a storyline, that that's what Scotty wanted, but I think missing the fact that there has never been a renegotiated contract in the history of the NBA was something that they, the glaring weakness of this story. It didn't feed into their mantra, so it didn't work. No, it didn't. But overall, you know, it's enjoyable. It's not overwhelmingly accurate, but it's enjoyable. And what I found interesting was the access to Jordan, which we've never really seen before. He's never been one to Correct. do interviews for the most part. He's been out of you know, he's been out of the spotlight, relatively speaking, for 15 years. So it was a bit surprising that you know he kind of jumped back into it. Well, but, have you heard the storyline? Hold on, have you heard the storyline about how this came to be? Was so, it his kids asked for it, or I ever someone asked for it? I don't know who. No, so what what actually happened was in 96-97, and you'll recognize this guy's name, Adam Silver suggested Uh, recording everything about that year, everything. And they got Jordan's okay. They got the Bulls okay. They said, if we don't get Michael and Phil on board, this will never work, right? But the key to the whole thing was Adam Silver went to Michael Jordan and said, you will have sign-off when we, if we ever do anything with this. You will have sign-off. You will have final approval of anything that this goes into. And that is the only way that we will ever publish this. And for 20 years, it sat in Secaucus at the NBA studios, untouched. Nobody did anything with it. And then they thought, oh, it would be a good idea. Somebody did. I don't remember who it was. 
So the reason they have access to Michael, Seth, is because if they didn't have access to Michael, we would never be seeing this. Right. This is going to put this is going to put Michael in the best light of anything because he's the one that's signing off on everything dealing with this. So that's the reason why you're getting a lot of Michael, a lot of access to Michael because without him, this doesn't go through. It was very nice to see guys like Bill Weddington again. That is an amazing Fu Manchu. (laughs) It's pretty bad. I loved it. I, I, I loved it. And to see guys like John Paxson, like the, the little guys, right? I'd like to see Kukoc at one point, but I don't think we're going to get that. But it'll, it'll be very interesting going forward as to where these storylines go and whether it is the Michael Jordan show or is it the 96-97 Bulls show. Because it shouldn't be the Michael Jordan show. wasn't billed that way. But the, the second part, putting Pippen in the focus, was, was a good thing for me. I liked that. I really did. And there have been rumors of, not even rumors, but, but offers of trades back and forth. Tracy McGrady was, there was a deal. McGrady for, uh, yeah. for Pippen for, for, for before Pat, that for year. Pippen, yeah. and, and Michael turned it down. Michael said, no way. <laughs> I'm leaving. So, you know, Michael had a lot of pull. But anyway, uh, definitely enjoyable. No question. I'll watch them. But it's not, to me, must-see TV. I don't need to see it the minute it drops. Nope. I agree. And so, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's, but it is enjoyable. And the way I found funny, USA Network hosted the NBA draft. Not something you'll ever see again. Yeah, I think that's about right. Well, remember, USA may do it again. TNT does it, so why wouldn't USA do it? I mean, TNT USA and USA was, are part of the. What was the last time USA Sports was it? USA really had was involved with sports. Uh, the Olympics. Yeah, but that who owns USA? I forget. Is it NBC? No, it's TNT. Turner. Is it TNT owns them. That's USA. I think Turner owns USA. Huh. I will look that up. Okay, because well, they were under the NBC package. So, yeah. So anyway, you're right. Like I said, it what what amazed me the most about the series. And if you'd like to call in seven six zero two eight three zero eight four six, we're going to get to the NFL draft preview in a couple of minutes. It generally takes about an hour to go through the 30 picks, so 32 picks. So we'll, we'll get to that in a second. But the fact is, what amazed me, like you said, USA hosted the draft, right, and the airport access, and you be able to go straight into the locker room without any problems. It, I was amazed by the French locker room it, that all the bulls were sitting <laughs> on the floor. Like that was I was like, funny. that can't be their that can't be their locker room, but it was. <laughs> that was their locker room. But I, 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 the one phrase of all of them 
that I loved the most was Jordan when they won the French thing saying, yeah, welcome to the club. You're not a champion. This is not a championship. This doesn't count. Like, I loved it. I loved it because the moxie that he had, and I think that's what, I, I mean, somebody on the show said it. It was the drive. Like, that's what made Jordan Jordan. It was the drive. And I did not realize when he broke his foot, that was something I learned. When he went back to North Carolina and played, I didn't realize he went back to college when he broke his foot. I did. I had forgotten about it, but I, I did know, I did know that. And, um, yeah, I, I, and I remember hearing about the 90%, 10% chance and a guy like Jordan, you know, he's not, he's just not built. That's it. And he wasn't. And that was such an amazing era of basketball. And yeah. We, and we next talked week about, we talked about the Celtics and the Lakers, but you didn't bring up Houston. You didn't bring up how good Milwaukee was with Sidney Moncrief and Sigma and Terry Cummings and all those other guys. Yeah. You know, the Sixers won a title you know, right before that with Irving and Moses Malone, and then they brought in Charles Barkley. So yep. all these things are, you know, it, it was an amazing time for basket, pro basketball. It really was. But let's, that but let's remember, this, this series is not designed for the history of basketball, right? It's, it's a nope. prelude to getting to 96-97 and how they developed into that. And next week, I'm sure we'll get the, the bad boys, right, and how you conquer that to get to five championships And because yep. this was the sixth. So, I mean, it, it, it does weave its way through the NBA history. You had Magic, you had Michael, um, but I, don't, I, wa- I didn't think we were going to see Dr. J. I didn't think we were going to see Moses Malone. No. I didn't, we, saw, we saw some Patrick Ewing, which is really nice to see because of the, the Georgetown connection. But this is about the Bulls, plain and simple. And if you think that Rock I, – I cannot wait till they talk about the Olympics in 96 because we've all seen – well, most of us have seen the documentary and how much Jordan and Pippen were superstars on the world stage in, 90, in the 96 Olympics. This will just give 92. more on better. 92. That. 92. Oh, 92. Excuse me. 92 Olympics. Excuse me. You are correct. Uh, again, 760-283-0846. Before we go on, Seth, and this got me looking, and we're, 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 everybody that's listened to the show knows I'm a Knicks fan. Everybody that listens to the show or knows me knows I am a Patrick Ewing fan. Everybody that listens to the show believes, has heard Seth say that Patrick did not live up to what Patrick could have been. Is that accurate? Yes. Okay. I went back and looked at Patrick's stats. My Lord, that man was a monster in the NBA. 20 and 10 for nine straight years. In an era, Seth, where you just said it, probably the best basketball era of the last 50 years. Certainly big men. He started in 83. uh, Sorry, started in 85. He went against Moses. He went against Robinson. He goes against Hakeem. How is that? uh, How is the 20 and 10? 
with a PER in the top 10 every year, an underrated, uh, an overrated player not living up to potential on a team that whose best player with him was probably an ex-CBA player or an over-the-hill Dallas Maverick named Rolando Blackman. Did you ever feel, coming out of college, coming, I think the reason I feel that he was overrated was because he was thought of as potentially to be, could, could have been the greatest center of all time. He, and he never, he certainly never lived up to that. He was, he was in my mind, what I assume Bill Russell probably was or could have been, or, or he could have been that kind of player. He was an extraordinary defense. Now, again, part of it was he didn't have great teammates. Part of it is injuries took away some of it. But he, was, he became a, a spot-up jump shooter for the most part. He never had a great post-up game, which never, it never developed. He was never, you know, yes, he did not have great teammates. Either did Olajuwon, who won two titles. Either did David Robinson, who, to be fair, didn't win a title until uh, Tim Duncan came in in 99. He wasn't the scorer that, that Robinson was. He wasn't the all-around player that Olajuwon was. And I think the reason I see him, I guess, is overrated is also it's a New York thing. Just as so many people think, you know, outside of New York think Jeter is an extraordinarily overrated player. Just as I thought Cal Ripken as a baseball was an overrated player when I was down in Maryland and I would get heckled for it. Not because he wasn't great, but because he wasn't at the level that either fans saw him at or in Ewing's case, I guess, that I thought he could have been. Now, again, maybe that's because of injury. Maybe it's because of his teammates. But because, you know, he, I agree. He never had great – he did not have great teammates. Um. But when I, I guess when I think of the top, have you ever heard his name mentioned in the top five centers of all time? Ever? No, he shouldn't be. No, he shouldn't be. But I, I don't put Robinson in there either. Would you put Robinson above Ewing? No. No, because Robinson didn't have the longevity that Ewing did. No. I'd put Olajuwon over. Well, he also had naval, I guess, he also had naval commitments. That's that's that's. So you can't you can't you can't always put that in play either. Um, okay, so I did. So I, think, I got a comparison here. So Olajuwon scored one more point per game, one more rebound per game, half an assist, half a steal, half a block. Okay, okay so the stats but, are relatively again, similar. Fine. Agreed. And and again. I, I agree that I would put Olajuwon over you without any any deterrent whatsoever. Now, I'm bringing up it, – it, I don't know where this came from. Landofbasketball.com has player comparisons, which is tremendous. Um, all right, so NBA seasons. Ewing played 17, Robinson played 14. Okay, and two of them, I guess that you, you got the commitment. All right, so Robinson was on four All-NBA first teams. Ewing was on one. Uh, all total, All-NBA teams 10-7. to seven. Robinson, defensive 4-0. to zero. 
Okay, well, this is killing me. The, amount, <laughs> the exact same amount of points, 21 points per game. Robinson had half a rebound and pretty much half a block. Ewing had thousand, over 5,000 more points, but again, he played two more seasons. Three more so seasons. That, yeah. that's where that, right, that's, that's negligible. Get it. I get it. But I don't put Robinson in the top five centers of all time either. No. And no. I think, I mean, and I think Seth, I'd like to make the claim that I believe Patrick Ewing is actually underrated. And the reasoning is because of exactly what you just said. He came out as going to be the best center of all time. And he wasn't. Okay. But that doesn't necessarily mean being when, – when you go – when you average 20 points a game for your career and 10 rebounds per game and two and a half blocks per game, that you are not in the top of the, top of the league. I mean, he was an all-NBA selection seven times in his 14 yeah. years. Yeah. So, he, was the number th- look, he was the number three center of his year and there's nothing to yeah. be ashamed of on that. No. When, now, I mean, high level. Your top, most people's top five centers in some order are Jabbar, Chamberlain, Russell, Shaq, and Olajuwon. Give or take. Those yeah. are usually the top okay. five. The next five, you have Mikan, because I think you have to put him in somewhere, even though he's impossible to kind of correlate with. You know, Mike and Moses Robinson, Moses. And I guess you have Ewing's at the bottom of that top ten to me. Again, Mike and is a Mike and is a is a is a brutal comparison. I, I, I don't know how to do it. Um so I mean look, you know, probably Dwight Howard may be there. Oh you no, know, Howard's not in Howard's not in there. He's not. Nate Thurman, who oh, I'm throwing like Dave Cowens, whoever you put it, you know, Walton, right. Bob Walton if he was healthy, yeah. would have been. And, yeah. Any of so those 1970 centers that were not that were not Kareem? Yeah, those guys. Like they're all right. in one big bunch, right? You weren't Kareem, yeah. Yeah. and you played in the 1970s, and you were a center. <laughs> so you, so Walt you Bellamy, like Willis Reed. Yeah. Right. I mean, so for all intents and purposes. Those are, you know, your five. Moses is probably six. David Robinson's probably seven. And then you got Ewing, yeah. some, Ewing somewhere between eight and ten, seven and ten. It's not a bad okay. place to I, be. He's a Hall of Famer. Yeah. I've never disputed that. Yeah. My dispute is similar to help New York, into, with New York fan bases. You know, they either, they either destroy you or they push you above what you really are. And living in a New Correct. York metropolitan area, they've pushed Ewing above what he was. Ewing was a very, very good center. You want to say great, fine. But is he, in my mind, an all-time great player? No. Now, you can say, look, he's a a top 10 center of all time. That makes him an all-time great. And I I understand that argument. But I don't put – you know, we've talked about all-time greats in other – in other – you know, we've talked about what – you know, all-time greats for Hall of Fame, what constitutes – and, you know, the same, it's like that, I guess, with the Bill Simmons, the, the top two pantheons. He's not there for me. He's at the top of the one below that. He's a very, very good player. And with some luck, could have been the best player on a championship team if he had a better supporting cast in 94. 
Correct. But, you know, or any you other year. Well, and and that's the case. In any other year, too. Look, they took the Bulls from to a Charles Smith layup. I mean, that's what it was. Charles Smith yes hit the no. layup. Yes and no. They didn't go to game seven in that, in that series. They went, to, they went six. Unless I'm mistaken. I think they went six. I thought they, they lost seven. Oh, okay. okay. I, could be, I could be wrong. I'm just saying, it wasn't just that season, right? It was against the they Pacers were, every season. They were, it was... They were, yeah, the Pacers and the Miami Heat with Morning and Hardaway. The they, were the number two, they were the number two team in the Eastern Conference every year. Didn't matter who number one was, they were number two. And that is exactly the point to Ewing. That's your point, right? He was never number one. He was always number two. Or maybe number three, depending on the time frame. Yeah. Well, look, right. by the late okay. 90s, that team, he, was not a, he was not a top player anymore either. Remember, he held No, he was gone in 99. Right, when they went to the conference finals behind Sprewell in Houston and Camby. He wasn't even – he didn't even play. Yeah. Right. So, you know, yeah, he played 17 years, but those last three or four years were not pretty. Agreed. But Agreed. But neither, was, neither were Olajuwon's, right? I don't really remember Olajuwon's, to be honest. I'd have to look it up. I don't know. How about being a Toronto Raptor? Yeah, I just don't – I remember he was there. Uh, yeah, look, most people don't <laughs> go out on their own accord. Robinson went out as a champion. You know, God bless him, but he was scoring yep. 10 points a game the last year because he had Duncan. Yeah. And I think Parker, yep. I, I, I'm not sure if he was there yet or not. So, okay. Anyway. So, oh, just, so let's just move on for the to record, the draft. Because before we get to yeah, the draft, sorry, one last ahead. thing, I had to look this up. I started becoming a college basketball fan on December 26, 1981. Because wow. I got to go to my, I had to look up the date. Um, the first college basketball game I ever went to. Number one, North Carolina. Number two, Kentucky. It played at place that played at East Rutherford. I still have the, I still have the uh, program from it. And wow! This is what, and you know, it was the funniest part. The people on the on the, you know, this Carolina team had, would have a freshman named Michael Jordan, but would, or maybe it may have been the year before. I forget because I was well five, but uh, I know Worthy was on that team. I know Perkins was on that team. But the, the cover was uh, Dean Smith and Joe B. Hall, which I find pretty funny. And I still have that, <laughs> I still have that somewhere. That's tremendous. And, and I'll tell you, until Worthy showed up in that documentary last night, I had forgotten about Fred Brown. <laughs> and then it's like, oh, yeah, where's Fred Brown in all this? Anyway, okay, so, so we got an hour left. Perfect timing. We have our draft preview. Again, if you'd like to call in, 760-283-0846. 760-283-0846. To give you an idea just before we start, I have done trades. Uh, I mentioned them before. When I, when I say points, I'm saying this is off the Jimmy Johnson draft chart, which is available on profootballreference.com. So if you'd like to, generally what managers or general managers do 
is they take draft picks, assign them points, and if they make a trade, they want to either make out, obviously, or they want it to be close enough that it is negligible. Uh, the higher the draft pick, the more of the points. Uh, just to give you an idea as to points, uh, I had him here a second ago. Hold on. Let me get you how much. Oh, you have it open? How Number much is Joe Burrow? 3000 Okay. And how much is and how much is the end of the first round? Actually, I have that because I have that pick. Five hundred ninety. Kansas City is five hundred ninety. Right. So there is a huge discrepancy between the top of the draft and the bottom of the draft. And if you are making picks to go get a quarterback, there is generally a little bit of a premium that you have to add on. So if you want to go yeah, get a guy, if you're trading up, if you're trading you up, if you're, trading you're going up. to come you have to pay more. You're going to pay more, and if you're trading up to jump somebody else who you believe is going to take the player that you want, I guarantee you you will be held hostage for it. So yep. with that in mind, uh, I think we can both agree that Joe Burrow is going to be the first pick in the draft. We do. Now, do you agree he's staying in Cincinnati? Absolutely. There is no chance of this, tra- this pick being traded. None. Okay. In fact, I'd say the same thing for Chase Young being number two. Agreed. I think it's all a smoke okay. screen with Ron Rivera about the uh, about about any interest in anything other than Chase Young. Now, pick three I have being traded. Detroit trading this pick. As do I. So, so I have Detroit trading this pick to Miami. So they trade the third pick in the draft, which is 2,200 points, and they get yep. back for the five fifth pick in the draft for 5 and 26. So they get two first-round picks. To, they okay. get an extra first to move up. 26 is 700 points, and 5 is 1,700 points. They get 2,400 points. They give up 22, and Miami goes and gets Justin Herbert. I agree on Herbert. I agree on the trade. I have him taking. I have him going up to thirty-nine. Oh, giving up five and thirty-nine, and here's why: the Giants are not taking the quarterback. That is given. I don't think San Diego is trade. I, I think Miami is trading this up. I, I don't think there's as much of a rush to for, to to go to number three as there was at one point. I think Detroit or whoever Detroit wants, they're getting anyway at five. And I, I think Miami realizes they don't have to pay an ultra premium to move up these two spots. So I have been and I don't think they're thirty nine. So it's relatively break even. And I, and I actually don't think they are giving up a tremendous premium. The tremendous premium would have been them giving up number eighteen. And the fact yeah, that, that they have three first round so the three first round picks. I see 26 as being that, like, medium ground. It's a little bit more, and I agree with you. Obviously, the Giants are not taking a quarterback, and for all the smoke screens that Dave Gettleman has, he's staying put. He's not yes, going he's unfortunately, unfortunately, he is, because nobody wants to pick, because nobody is trading and I have, two votes. Okay, so who do you have them taking? I have them taking Jedrick Wills from Alabama. It, As do I. It, really? I do. 
and there's a reason. So why don't you tell me your reason first? Okay, very simple. Gettleman is a offensive line, defensive line guy. They have no offensive line. Joe Judge is a Saban guy who <laughs> went pretty much worked at Alabama. And is, Saban gave him rave reviews on Wills. I think it comes down to Wills, Tristan Wills from Iowa, because Iowa is also very well known for having great offensive linemen, and Isaiah Simmons from Clemson, who's probably who I would probably prefer them take to take. Preferably they trade down. I just don't think there's going – I don't think anyone's trading up for Tua right now. So that's my rationale. So I don't see anybody trading back up in uh, – do I have anybody being traded in the top 10? I have the low – 9 and 10 being traded. So in the lower – I have 8, no, I have eight I don't, and I have 8 and 9 being traded. I don't believe that anybody's going to pay those premiums, which is what you're saying for Tua. Yeah, I, I believe you're spot on there. Um, I think with with the way that the medical reports are going right now, everybody's giving a clean bill of health, but nobody's seen them. So I don't think that that is enough to drive the price. I agree 100% with your Nick Saban concept, and that is the reason why I have him over the other offensive tackles. I think he plays right tackle for the first year. Nate Soldier continues to play left tackle because he did not play left tackle in college. He only played right. Yep. And I think you have the buildings of your offensive line with the two of them and Hernandez, and you have a center. I can't remember the guy's the center guy's name. The guy who plays center. Flop. Yeah, oh, they're going to they're going to draft it. They're going to draft the center in the second or third. Well, so they may draft another center. But the fact is, I think you have the makings of a draft uh, of a line. So I. Completely agree that Wills is your guy. Okay. So Miami has now traded. Before we get to that, we should also say how we grade who has the better draft. We've been doing this for eight years now. So typically what we do is if if we get a spot on, we get five points. If we're within a player, we get four. If we're within two, we get three, so on and so forth, down to one. Um. Pretty, I think we've been relatively evenly split over the years on who's won, or have yeah. you won more than me? Yes, there is one where I beat Mel Kuyper, and I am still yeah. relishing that. That was like <laughs> five, six years ago. Um, but I did. I beat Mel Kuyper and was very happy about it. But anyway, but that is the way we normally go. I think in the last couple of years, you and I, between the NBA and the NFL, I think we've, like, we've probably split them, but – it's been so negligible of one or two points in either direction that it's kind of whatever. And the other thing, ladies and gentlemen, is we do not base it on – we base it on the, the order of the draft. So even if the trade does not go through, Herbert still is at number three. He doesn't go to number five for Miami. Right. He's still staying at number three. So we are predicting these trades – but more importantly, we're predicting the slot in which these players go. So yeah, we we, from now on, other, we'll, yeah. we should also say one other thing. We are not scouts. We don't claim to nope. We're knowledgeable football fans. And what we do know is we do know the most, for the most, like, you know, the needs of a lot of these teams. But 
is you know the Giants brought in a new defensive coordinator. I don't know. I don't know if it's going to be a four three or a three four. So I'm trying go, okay, the Giants have had no offensive, you know, the Giants offensive line was awful last year. They are going to a more of a power running game. They have Saquon, they have Daniel Jones, who need, need protection. So it's, it's logic-based. It's not per se um, formation-based on, on how we make that. Right. Or I don't. And we have I, I can't no, grade off. And, and we're also not calling offensive line coaches. So we are basing this basically on the same reports that you all would read. We're just making our yeah. best educated guesses, and I'd like to point out that probably Seth and I read more than most people, So, especially during this quarantine period. Okay. Also because uh, we have, we'll we'll we have no life. Right. So I'll go next. Uh, I have Okadua going next out of Ohio State, the cornerback, uh, Jeff Okadua, Okuda. Excuse me, Okuda. Okuda. Um, Detroit, like Okuda Matata. Detroit traded, uh, Detroit traded uh, Darius Slay. They need a corner. They made out, in my opinion, with another first-round pick to move down two slots for the same guy that they would have picked at three. Yeah, I mean, and not surprisingly, we're kind of five for five here. I have, a, I have Okuda going as well. Ohio State's had such great corners over the years. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore. Uh, you know Chris Gamble back in the day. Um, you know, they've always it's always been a position that they've done very well with. Detroit is going defense, no matter what. Patricia and Quinn need a defense to keep their jobs. They need to make the playoffs this year, or they're out. Sure. And yeah. they have no cornerbacks, as you said. So you go with, with pretty much the consensus number one defensive, uh, one number one second number one corner in the league, corner in the draft in Jeff Okuda from Ohio State. Yeah, uh, San Diego and the other. Th- Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, continue. We got time. No, I was going to say the other thing is, ladies and gentlemen, we we generally get the first ten picks. The first ten picks are pretty consensus picks, and then we right. kind of start varying around between the two of us as to where the players go. But most of the time, we get probably eighty to eighty-five percent of the same players in different orders. So yep. that's where the variety lands. So, okay, I'm sorry. With, with the sixth pick, the Los Angeles Chargers, with one of the worst logos in history, select. They go for Tua. And here's why. They have no draw right now in L.A. None. And this is a team with talent. You have Ian Glim and Bosa on the back end. You have Keenan Allen. You re-signed Ekater. You are a good team who had an awful year based on injuries, and as usual, you're kicking stunk. So you need some. You need a reason for people to watch you. Philip Rivers is gone, and even if you have a bridge year with Tyrod Taylor to Tua, if he's really not healthy, Tua will bring you. Will get you. Will get, Tua is a draw, and if healthy, could have challenged for the number one overall if Joe Barrow had had the year of the greatest year in the history of college football. So I think you go Tua. Okay, and I go the opposite route. I think you're right, Tua would be a draw, but in a couple of years. I don't think they're playing for a couple of years. I think they're playing for next year. And because of that, I have Andrew Thomas, the left tackle from Georgia. Uh, I think yep. you, you just traded away Russell Okun. You got in Trey Turner. 
You have Brian Beluga. This is a good offensive line. Tyrod Taylor is a decent quarterback. He's not a great quarterback, but they're hoping for at least one or two years of Tyrod Taylor bringing the guy maybe next year that does this. I don't think with the sixth pick of the draft, you're looking for two years from now when you are an immediate contender, which they are. The, the Chargers, if they had decent kicking and decent quarterbacking last year, which is not Phillip Rivers, although fantasy-wise Phillip Rivers is great, he also threw, I think, 20 interceptions. If you had a decent guy, and now you have Eckler running the ball, I'm sure they'll draft another running back in the second or third round that will replace Melvin Gordon. This is a running game. This is a running team. Anthony Lynn is a running backs coach. They take Andrew Thomas. And this is where the deviation is going to start. Okay. Yep. Although I think in number seven, we're probably going to be in the same ballpark. Uh, For Carolina, although I think you're going to pick Simmons and I'm going to pick Brown. So I got them picking Derek Brown up the middle, defensive tackle. They haven't had a good defensive tackle in a very long time in that team. Um, So I have them taking Derek Brown, who may be the – who may be the safest pick in this draft for me. He, you're, you know what you're getting with him. Him and Thomas, I think, are the two safest picks in this draft. And you're right. I went Isaiah Simmons. Um, Keekley retired. Yeah. Thomas Davis left last year. Their back four is – their back seven is just not – you know, they lost Bradbury. They needed some kind of Swiss Army knife player who can kind of play a little bit of everything, and that's Isaiah Simmons is the best athlete in this draft. Uh, Agreed. Okay, so I I have a trade here. I have Arizona trading from from down to from uh, 8 to 14. I have Tampa trading up. And to give you your numbers, Tampa trading 14 and 45. So it's 1,100 Mm -hmm. and 450 up to Arizona at 1,400. And there, Tampa is taking Andrew Thomas. The offensive Which lineman for Georgia because they need an offensive. They do. They need an offensive lineman. That makes perfect sense for me. Uh, I think it would take more to jump that high. Uh, I think uh, Steve Klein wants the best player in the best player for him, and for him, that's Isaiah Simmons. Isaiah Simmons could be his new Tyro Matthew, except better, and more towards the front of the line like a Dante. Buchanan was supposed to be. Um, Deion Buchanan. Arizona. Uh, Deion Buchanan, excuse me. You, thank you. Deion Buchanan was supposed to be. You see, ladies and gentlemen, we don't get every name right, but we know who we're talking about. And he spent a lot of ammo on the offensive side of the ball. He needs to use some on the defense with Simmons and Chandler Jones. That could be a playoff team in the NFC West with DeAndre Hopkins coming. I, I, so I have them going with uh, Isaiah Simmons. So here at Jacksonville, I have a trade. Um, where is my trade? Okay, so Jacksonville at number 10 uh, trades with Atlanta. No, it's number nine. Jacksonville is nine. Darn it. Number nine. Trades with Atlanta at 18. And, yes, that is – no, Atlanta's 16. Atlanta's not at 18. Atlanta's at 16. I said they're at 16. I just messed that up. So 9 and 16. So Jacksonville trades the ninth pick 
to Atlanta for the 16th pick and, a, and their second rounder, 47th overall. So that's 1,430 points going to Jacksonville, 1,350 going to Atlanta. Atlanta needs a corner more than anything else. C.J. Henderson is their guy who may have better coverage skills than Okuda. 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 Maybe I'll get that. Maybe I'll get that name right at one point. More than Okuda, better than Okuda, according to the scouts, not according to me, according to scouts, he may have better coverage skills. Uh, uh, the Thomas Ditroff has no problems, none whatsoever, going up to get the guy that he wants at the expense of the rest of the draft. He did that with Julio Jones. So I have him, they, them giving their first and their second to move up what, eight, uh, move up seven spots. Eight, seven spots. To go get C.J. Henderson. And I actually have almost the exact same trade. Same team. I actually, I actually threw in a next year, either fourth or fifth, because Atlanta is desperate for defensive help. Beasley is gone. Their corners are – Trufant's gone. So my question – I originally was going to go Henderson and I ended up going because he hadn't been picked yet. I picked Eric Brown who is also, you know, who's considered, as you said, one of the safest picks in the draft. Um, Atlanta is in a do or die situation. And if they don't make the playoffs this year, both Dimitrov and Quinn are gone. They don't, they have, they got to kind of go all in on that. So now it's number 10. And I have to even hold on. Oh, sorry. Well, well, we'll do it after the 10th pick. Go ahead. Okay, so I have Cleveland. So the 10th pick in the draft? Yep. Cleveland. I have them holding. Yep. They need offense. I have them going offensive linemen because um, they need that. And I have them going Beckton from Louisville. Okay. Hello? Yeah, I'm here. I'm still here. Okay. Okay. So, so – I have a trade here as well. Uh, Cleveland, who has no fifth and no seventh picks in this draft, trades the number 10 pick to Miami. Miami, with the 18th pick, jumps back up into the top 10. So they trade the 18th pick, the Texans' second-round pick for for next year, which they got in the Laramie Tunsil trade, and a 2023rd okay. pick, which is approximately 1,540 points. No, sorry, 1,440 okay. points. To jump back into the top 10, Cleveland gives up 1,300 points to pick uh, Tristan Wirfs, the tackle from Iowa. Interesting. So, so just a... Now Miami has their quarterback, and they have their tackle. And they still have a – they do not have a first-round pick anymore, but they do have a second. I think they have two seconds. No, they have number number 20. They've picked number 20. No, I traded it to Detroit. Right, I don't have I traded it to Detroit. I still have them having 26 seconds. So so to me – they have two top ten picks, and now they have two second round picks as well. So enough to for, uh, enough to formulate what they would need on an offense. So, ladies and gentlemen, out of the top ten picks, 
the only difference that we have is that I have Wirfs and Henderson, and Seth has Tua and Beckton. So it's so eight out of ten. Like I said, normally we have the same picks, just in different spots. Okay. With the number 11 pick in the draft, which is great because I get to pick the Jets, the Jets select, thank God, Mekhi Becton, the tackle out of Louisville, who I have wanted the entire time. And he's the only tackle left, and do not take a wide receiver. Go with it. I think it's either Becton or a trade, and I think Douglas stays here and grabs Becton. And I have him going offensive lineman. I have him going with, um, who is my yeah. last one. Uh, Beckton, if, apparently, if he does, the issue with Beckton is potential monster, highest ceiling, lowest floor. Yep. And you know, we'll see. I mean, it's, he weighs three six five, three seventy. Great athlete, but apparently likes cooking more than football. So it's a bit of a problem. All right, the, but. Is uh, is the solid look? You needed to go either offensive line or wide out, and yep, there are no, it's a it's a deep enough wide out draft that you can go up and you can handle that you can get a wide receiver later in, in early in the second or potentially later in the first. Done, done, done. Um, Raiders are picking at twelve. They need they have a couple of needs: wide receiver, cornerback, uh, potentially QB. I have him going quarterback. I have him taking Henderson from Florida. And as you said before, teams in new places need draws. And for the Las Vegas Raiders, they take Tua at 12. To be their draw, not this year, but next year. Okay. 13th pick in the draft, San Francisco, via Indy. San Francisco is going to move down. They're going to move down from third. They're going to move down from – so San Francisco does not have any – I think it's second, third, or fourth-round picks. So they're going to move – I actually have them moving twice. But the first time, they're going to move 13 to Denver for 15 – and in that, they are going to pick up a 2020 third-round pick from Denver. Denver has three thirds, so the last of them is number 95. Uh, so 11.50 goes from San Francisco to Denver, and 11.70 goes from Denver to San Francisco. And San Fr- and Denver picks up uh, Judy. <sighs> Interestingly enough, uh, I actually have Judy going to San Francisco. Um, I'm not sure he's the right fit for San Francisco, but he's the best wide receiver in the draft. And San Francisco, who doesn't need a heck of a lot, but they could use a wide out to help with Sanders gone, DK Metcalf, physical genius, but a physical monster, or Debo Samuel, excuse me, I mix up him and Metcalf. The monster, Judy's the best route runner in the draft. I think it's, I agree. I think it's a no, if he's there, it's a no brainer. And I think it's going to be – look, I think it's going to be hard for you guys to piss the pass on Judy at 11. I think it's the right thing to do. But this draft, as we said, is so deep and wide out that you can get someone 
you know, they can someone later. Uh, I have now have Arizona at 14, having traded back with Tampa. I have them going defense. I have them going. Uh, who do I have them going? Uh, sorry, my just stuck. They got they got off the guy from South Carolina. Damn it! Ah. You have Kin Kinlaw. Kinlaw. Jarvis yeah, Kinlaw. Javen Kinlaw. Javen Kinlaw. Thank you. Okay. Because especially that that front seven is bad. And surprisingly, I have Kinlaw here as well. Jeez. But I just have them going to just going to Tampa. Wait a second. So you had. Kinlaw, wait, what was the trade with Kinlaw? Eight for 14 Kinlaw, and 45. I have Arizona. Oh, so Tom. Oh, I'm on the wrong side. Hold on. So, okay, so you had, sorry, I'm, I'm missing this up. So you had Thomas being, going to New England, right? No, Tom, Thomas going to Tampa Yes, Bay. I have Thomas. Sorry, I have Thomas I, going to Tampa I, Yep, and you have Kinlaw going to Arizona. Uh, Kinlaw going to Arizona. The problem is, I, I'm I am thinking of Tom Brady, and I immediately go to New England. <laughs> so I was yep. like, oh, so we he went to it. New England. Okay, so Denver. Uh, I have Denver making uh, another trade. So Denver now makes a trade. Uh, because now this is owned in my in my draft. This is owned by San Francisco, because thirteen got traded right. down to fifteen. Now yep. fifteen gets traded from San Francisco to the Raiders. So San Francisco actually makes a trade with two AFC West rivals and moves down again, in which they get another third round pick. Since the Raiders also have three third-round picks, they will get the middle one, number 81. So they will get the Raiders, number 19, and a 2020 third for San Francisco's number 15. So now San Francisco is now at 19, and the Raiders pick C.D. Lamb. Yeah, I have Denver going C.C. Lamb. And the funny part is, Jesus, we really are pretty close here. Um, this is kind of annoying. You know, the Raider. It, it's funny because I almost wonder if they're going to go Henry Rugg if, if with Denver. Well, I guess with you, it's it's a trade down. So I have. Yeah, we'll no, get to it. Off. To it. So, yeah, the Raiders. Denver trading, trading down. The Raiders trading up. Yeah. So, all right. So then it's sixteen. No, 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 no. Den- no, no, no. Denver traded up. Denver traded up to get Judy. Okay, this is sorry. San Francisco trading back and then trading back, and the Raiders trading up. I got correct. You. Right. Okay. So, so now we're at six. Now we're in Atlanta. So Atlanta is again. I well, no, I have Atlanta having traded this. So this is Jacksonville for me because Atlanta me traded. So I have now Jacksonville who needs defense, especially with Yannick Engelway uh, going pretty much going somewhere. They need a def- they need they need a defensive end now called quote unquote the edge. So I have them going from LSU Clavon Chase on. 
Yeah, me too. Uh. <laughs> I have him going chase on too. He'll he'll play very well with Josh Allen. The difference that is, is we have different players. Be, we had different players being traded that Jacksonville took. That's the difference. So you had Brown, and I had Henderson. That's the flip at this point. Okay, so now we have Dallas on the clock, and Dallas is going to stay here um, for now. And they need safety help, having lost Byron Jones, having lost Orlando Skandrick, and they're taking Xavier McKinney out of Alabama. This is, this is really annoying, because I know we don't go all on the same websites and read the same stuff, but unfortunately I have the same thing. As you said, their secondary has been hampered. If Chason had fallen, I think that may have been the pick. Their back set, their their secondary is troubled, and I agree. I have McKinney at seventeen, going to Dallas. Okay, I think 18. we may differ a little bit coming up. So, who you got at eighteen? I have, I have, I guess the biggest trade of the uh, of my first round. I have New Orleans. Trading 24, 88, and 130. So it's a first, a third, and a fifth. Yep. Up to 18. To, to Miami. Or in Miami, mm-hmm. it's going back to 24. New Orleans trading up to get the Drew Prees, the Drew Prees replacement. Uh, Jordan Love. So this is the back end of my trade with Cleveland, with Miami trading up to get worse, right? So they traded worse. They traded to get it up into the top 10. Now they're at 18, and this is the bottom. And the, Cleveland still needs an offensive lineman, and they get one even at 18, maybe not to the caliber of Worfs, but they do get Josh Jones. So 18 to Cleveland, Josh Jones. I do really like the Jordan Love. I just – I'm not sure they have to trade up to get him, but we'll see. Well, I guess that depends on your, on your next spot. So next I have, if you recall, this is a trade down and then another trade down. So now San Francisco finally picks. They picked up two-thirds to go down, where were they originally? 13 to 19. They picked up two third-round picks, which is good value to go down six picks in this draft. They need a cornerback. They need another corner because Richard Sherman's getting old and that's where they basically are making their money is in the secondary. And I have them taking Tristan Fulton, the cornerback out of LSU. Okay. So I I think I misspoke on something a little bit before. So when I had the, when Jerry Judy went 13, he went to Philly. I don't know if I said that. I think I started talking about San Fran with Debo. Philly trades no, up twenty one fifty three and one sixty. Okay, Philly traded up twenty one fifty three and one sixty eight to go from twenty one to thirteen to get Judy. Okay, so you asked why do I have uh, why is New Orleans trading up to get Love? Because I think the Raiders take him at nineteen if he's there. Okay, and, fair, got it. So to me, for New Orleans, this is, you know, again, New Orleans doesn't really need very much. You can get a wide receiver in the second round 
to help Michael Thomas, and that's really all you need anyway, either that or a linebacker. So, yep. so what are the Raiders? What have the Raiders always been known for? Speed. I'm asking you. What? what Speed. Who's the fastest guy? In, who's the fastest player in this draft? Fastest wideout in this draft? Henry Ruggs. Henry Ruggs. There you go. So okay. So right, that's so to me, it's the most logical pick. They need a wideout. They need speed. You and Henry Ruggs the third from Alabama who ran a four two eight. There you go. What's interesting is if your trade doesn't work out for Jordan Love, and Jordan Love gets picked by Las Vegas, we both have Vegas taking a quarterback. We just have them in different spots. Well, yep. Okay. So, uh, Jack, well, you have Jacksonville on the clock at 20. I do. So Jacksonville, as we said, needs to completely rebuild their defense. Um, they've already had them. Tra- I've already had them trade back, where they took the uh, the uh, chase on from LSU. I have them going linebacker here, and they need you know Paul. They haven't you know Paul Bazzoni's been out a couple of years. He's been out a year or two. Miles Jack has been solid, but then he needs some help on the, He needs some help. Although I think they brought in a linebacker as well, but I have them going to kind of run the linebacker to run their defense. Kenneth Murray, the linebacker from, from Oklahoma. Okay, so Jacksonville just signed Joe Schubert to run their offense, their defense, uh, from Cleveland, yeah, and signed him to, I believe, a four-year, $48 million um, yeah, then the pick, contract. Yeah, the pick doesn't make it happen. Whoops. No. Well, here I have uh, Kansas City trading up from 32 to 20. So they're going to give up the 32nd pick in the draft along with a second-round pick, which is exactly the same amount of points as the 20th pick. So they're getting a first and a second. I think Jacksonville, as we have seen many times before, is trying to rid themselves, just get younger players, tons and tons of younger players, and accumulate draft stock. And I think that this is part of what they're going to do. They still have – the pass rusher, I can, Yannick, I can never pronounce his last name, that they'll be looking to trade during the draft as well. So they trade with Kansas City for, a, for the last pick in the first round and a second-round pick this year, which leaves Kansas City with this pick, the four, five, and six. But at the same time, they are the Super Bowl champs. And they go up and get Henry Ruggs third. Oh, God. That's 20. So you have Ruggs, Hill, and Hartman all running routes for that team next year. Wow. That How do you a... like that? <laughs> okay. Good luck to the corners. Good luck to the corners. Okay. So Philadelphia, and, and the thing is they had to trade up if they wanted Ruggs because I have Philadelphia next, and Philadelphia would have taken them. Like, in my opinion, if Ruggs is there at 21 – this is a Philadelphia pick. They needed to go get him. So instead of that, yep. Philadelphia has to draft another wide receiver, and they do. They take Justin Jefferson, the wide receiver out of LSU. Yeah, I, I'm not sure that's the right fit. To be, well, I actually have San Francisco. That's why. Because I have San Francisco trading back from 13. I have them going corner. 
because they can always use a corner. And I am going Christmas Holton. Yeah, I'm going Christmas Holton. Okay, hold on. Okay, uh, so you are on the clock for Minnesota. Minnesota 22, they're going best player available. So the question is, do they go wide out because they traded Stephen Dix? Or do they go they go defense, which has been Mike Zimmer's way. Now they have two picks, two, 22 and 25, thanks to the trade with Buffalo. I have them going here. I have them going defensive end. Uh, Gross Mattis, the, defense, the defensive end from uh, Penn State. Okay, so I think that Minnesota, with the loss of Trey Waynes, and not lost, they just let him go, amongst other cornerbacks, are going to need a corner. Now, it would be very interesting if they went and got Stephon Diggs' brother. <laughs> I mean, it would be very <laughs> interesting based on what happened. And because of that, there's no way I'm giving him Trayvon Diggs because I just don't see how that works. I don't see how that works out. So I have them going with A.J. Terrell here, the cornerback out of, where is he? Out of Clemson. Okay. Uh, New England. Okay. New England at 23. Now, New England needs a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> right? What? I said, uh, Am I right do you here? have them picking or trading? Do you have them picking or trading back? I have them picking. I actually have them picking. I, I, I know it's hard to understand, but I actually have them picking this trade, this pick, making this pick, and it's for an edge rusher. It's A.J. Epinesa, at, Epinesa out of Iowa. Out of Iowa. And part, yep. of this, and part of this to me is all about the Bill Belichick tree and how Kirk Ferenz is part of that tree. And as we said with Joe Judge, I think it's going to be this draft is going to be a lot about connections and how the players, how you can get referrals from, from coaches that you know. I think Belichick goes to Ferenz, and that's where he winds up with Espinenza. Okay, I'm going to ask for, for, for a bit of a change because I forgot that Jacksonville signed Joe Schubert because my okay. mind is filled with 90,000 different things. So I'm actually going to have Murray go to, to New England having lost Jamie Collins. I'm going to have them take Kenneth Murray um, from Oklahoma. Okay, and who goes? I'm actually going to have, who goes to Jack- what I'm going to do. Jacksonville needs also needs wideouts desperately because they have DJ yep. Shark and a whole and Westbrook is eh, and a whole lot of nothing. So I'm going to have them go Denzel Mims from Baylor. Hold on, who? <laughs> I'm not joking. Who? Mims, Mims. Okay, got it. Okay, uh, New Orleans on the clock at 24. Okay, uh, for me it's Miami because I traded up to get Jordan right. Love. So right. I, Miami has their quarterback, and now they they get their offensive lineman. I think the same one you, they, that you took about six six picks further back. Uh, Josh uh, Jones from Houston. Well, actually, I had Jones going to Cleveland in the trade because Werfs went to Miami. Uh, but, yes, we're, 
but we're having similar concepts. But for me, you're right. New Orleans does go get Jordan Love. They just don't have to move to get him. Because once Tua goes at 13, nobody else is taking a quarterback. Nope. So Jordan Love, so at 24, Jordan Love stays here, and they get themselves their quarterback for the future. I I completely agree. That's where they'd be looking. Okay. Um, Now, there are two things that Minnesota needed more than anything else. They needed a corner, and they need a wideout. They got their corner earlier. They get their wideout here at 25. T. Higgins, wideout, Clemson. Right position, different player. Uh, Jalen Rieger, wide receiver, TCU. A little bit more of the of the digs type, a little bit smaller, 5'11", 6 foot, but runs a, but an absolute and utter speedster. And so that makes sense. So you have him going Higgins, which makes all the sense in the world. So Wait, now it's my, for me, it's my... Hold on. Who? Jalen Rieger. No joke. Wide out. TCU. Yeah, I know. I'm looking for TCU. I don't see any wideouts in TCU. Hold on. Nope. Nothing. I got nothing. <laughs> like, absolutely nothing. I don't even know how to spell the guy's name. Hold on. R-E-A-G-O-R. Oh, there we go. R-E-A-G. Yep. Okay, guys. Rieger. Got it. Okay, go ahead. So you have Miami on the clock here at 26. That is true. I have Miami on the clock. And I'm kind of intrigued. Miami can go in a bunch of different directions. But they have no running back. Jordan Howard is not a full back. Is not a three-down back. They traded Drake last year. I have not going the most electric running back in this draft. We're finally taking a running back and going Swift from Georgia. I like Swift. DeAndre Swift. I'm a, I'm a big fan of DeAndre Swift. Okay. Um, so I have – this is Detroit's pick because in the first – because in the Justin Herbert trade, they got the 26th pick. And – Another thing that you always need when you're later on in the draft, you go for offensive linemen. And after going with Frank Rieger, oh, remember that name? Jalen. Uh, Who the hell is Frank Rieger? Is it Rieger? Or, it's Frank Raganaw. Raganaw, sorry. Frank Raganaw, the center from Detroit. They have started building their offensive line. They will continue to build their offensive line with Austin Jackson, the offensive tackle out of USC. So you have him taking Jones and Jackson? No, this is Detroit's pick. Oh, you have Detroit's pick. And I don't have Miami taking Jones at all. I have Miami taking Werfs at 10. They traded got back. You. Cleveland got Jones. Sorry, sorry. And Jackson went to Detroit. I apologize. All right. Please. So if there's one thing you can count on in an NFL draft, Seattle will not make their first-round pick. They will trade back. They will trade back. And I got them trading back. So I have them tra- I have Dallas re-entering the draft. Holy crap. So do I. So I have Seattle at 27 trading with Dallas. Dallas gives up number 51, their second-round pick. A second-round pick in 2021 – 
and a 2026th round pick, which equals to do 726 points. No, 706 points to the 680 that Seattle is giving up. And they make the trade and they go get Ruiz, the center that I was hoping that would fall for the Jets in the second round. Oh, my God. (laughs) No, I'm saying this because I will take a picture of this. I have Seattle trading with Dallas, 51. Next year is number two and pick 123. I don't know what 123 is. Is that six? Fourth round pick. Fourth round pick. Okay. And going up and getting getting Cesar Ruiz from Michigan. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's ridiculous. <laughs> and for those of you who are really... wondering, we don't even talk about this. We have no discussions about who we are, who we pick. The only thing I know is he made trades. Okay, Baltimore. Well, what does Baltimore always go for? And what does it always work well for Baltimore? They go for linebackers. And, (laughs) oh, Jesus. And So they'll be tempted to trade back, I think, because there's so much depth here. But they get Patrick Queen from from LSU. Um, Yep. (laughs) Oh. You're killing me. You, the only other one would have been Murray, but I don't have Murray going in the first round. Jesus. Yep. Okay. All right, Tennessee with 29, and we got, we got 13 minutes. So uh, Tennessee with 29. Tennessee lost Jack Conklin. They need some linemen. They're going for Ezra Cleveland with 29. They also need defensive line help. Uh, traded Gerald Casey. They don't have a great pass rush. I have them going AJ Espinenza from uh, Iowa. We have a difference. There you go. Green Bay at 30. There's no question of what Green Bay wants. It's a question of which one they're going to take. Green Bay needs a wide out, period. So I have them, you know, they have Devontae Adams, and then they got a whole lot of nothing. So I have T. Higgins from Clemson. And I agree that they need a wide out. And, again, I'm screwing myself and my New York Jets by having them take Michael Pittman out of USC, who I, again, one of the guys, him with Ruiz, are two of the guys that I wanted to fall to number 11 in the second round. But who knows? The Jets may trade up. But that's not Joe well, Douglas' style. That's not Joe Douglas' style. Not going to happen. Okay. All right. You're picking at 31. I am picking at 31. I'm trying to remember who this is. Uh, Okay. So at 31, San Francisco just lost C.J. Buckner. Sorry, not C.J. Buckner. uh, Brandon Brandon Buckner. And because of that, at 31, you generally go for either offensive or defensive line help. And here I have them replacing Buckner with another defensive lineman, Marlon Davidson, defensive line out of Auburn. 49ers, trade back from 31. No! As the New York football Jets 
Oh. Trade up, trade 48 and 79 to get, in my mind, the most underrated player wide receiver in this draft. The guy after Jerry Judy is the best player I saw last year. Lavie Chenault from Colorado. You can go look up the name. You seem to be confused by a lot of the wide outs that I'm taking. No, I got him. Dude, he's really? a stud. He's a stud. The Patriots have agreed to trade Rob Gronkowski to the Buccaneers. <laughs> Holy crap. No, surpri- no surprise. Well, you know O.J. Howard or Cameron Brake. O.J. Howard or Cameron Brake's coming back. Traded for a fourth-round pick. Well, there's your fourth-round pick that you can't use anymore. Wow. You know what that means, though, right? That means he's playing next year. Yeah. You can't give up a fourth-round pick for a guy that's not going to play. And the other thing is he would have made life – if he had unretired – Gronkowski would have either had to be traded or released. He had a a $7 million cap hold, and if he had unretired right away, New England would have had to make room. They would have had to cut players. They don't have enough cap room for him. So he forced this trade, and Brady obviously helped him out with it. But, yeah, there you go. From WWE – to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. By the way, um, that pick that the Jets were giving up in that trade, is, is that our Leonard Williams pick? No. I, I, although I think that may make more sense. No, it's not actually. Are we going to really because talk I was about thank you. Williams? Well, I was going to thank you again for it, if that's the case. Okay. No, it's not the Leonard Nine Williams minutes. Second. Nine minutes left. Uh, Jack, well, Kansas City on the clock for you. Uh, what does Kansas City really need? Well, let's be honest. They need nothing. the defending champions. They need nothing. Um, but they can always use more corners. So I'm going A.J. Terrell from, Terrell from Clemson. Okay. And with me, if you have too much of, of pass rush, you never have enough of pass rush. And I have them going the pass rushing specialist out of Penn State, uh, Gross, Mat- Gross Matos. So uh, overall, Seth, I, I think we have one or two guys that are different. Um, I know I don't have Murray in my draft at all, which surprises me after thinking about it. Um, I also do not have Mims in my draft. You do well, never not have Jefferson. So that's okay. Right. Well, that's part of it. I so I don't have Chanel. I should have had Jefferson over Probably should have had Jefferson in the draft because he was going to go in the first round. So that was silly. So I don't have. But so I don't have Chenault. I don't have Swift. I don't have Rieger. I don't have Murray. I don't have Mims. I think that's it. And you don't have Fulton. Davidson, Pitt, yes, Cleveland, Jackson, um, Jefferson, and Jefferson. Although I'd probably like yeah. to trade Jefferson for Mims. So I'm going to trade okay. with Jacksonville. I'm going to trade Jefferson for Jefferson. I'm going to put in Jefferson. You can do I'm that. I'm last. Yep. And I was like, oh, Mims drop out. They're, gonna, they're going wide out. So I'm okay with it. 
Um, one of our more we can do that. Traits. That is our, the most detailed draft we've ever done. Oof. Yeah. Well, that's what quarantine helps you get. <laughs> I mean, it's detailed drafting, right? We've never, we've never actually outlined the trades. I'd be very interested to see how the trades match up, if those trades actually do happen, how well we do on the trade themselves. Like, I think that might be more impressive if we can get the trades right. I love well, the fact that we both picked Cesar Ruiz going to, Seattle, going to Dallas with that pick. And for those of you who are interested, I think we're going to run a, what do you call it? We're going to run a Zoom on, uh, what do you call it, for the first round of the draft. So, Sean, yeah, I'm not should... really sure. I'm, good. I'm not sure I'm going to be there for the whole thing. But uh, what time does the draft start? Sure. 7 or 7.30? I thought 8. Oh, good. 8 is better. I like 8. It's good. I like it. So let's see what time it's. The, it's definitely be predicted to be the most watched draft in history, uh, without any yeah. doubt on my mind that it will be because everybody wants something, right? Everybody wants a little football fix, which is tremendous. By the way, oh, so we're in our last five minutes. So if you'd like to go first, go ahead. If not, I am happy to. Do. Uh you 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 go first. I'm, I don't have anything off the top of my head. Okay. To the governor of Georgia, you stupid moron. <laughs> yes. I'm not going to even say your name. I'm not. I'm not going to even say your name. Because you are an absolute and utter moron. I love the fact that I can say this freely without repercussion. Without anybody, look, there are plenty of people that will get on me if they heard it, but I don't care. Let's open up the, let's open up the state. Let's, let's go for it. Okay. So what are we going to open up, moron? We're going to open up. Oh, by the way, these things are only open with social distancing measures in place. So now let's get to the businesses that can be opened. Massage parlors. <laughs> Nail salons, hair, uh, what, what hair salons, hair cutteries, barbers, yeah, all those barbers, gyms, bowling alleys. Congratulations! You think I'm going to a gym? You think I'm going <laughs> anywhere near either. a gym? I will tell you right now: the uh, social distancing at a, a nail salon. Please tell me how that works. Or better yet, a massage parlor. Tell me how that works. Am I going to use a stick to massage somebody? I mean, are you a more? I mean, it is beyond moronic, Seth. Beyond, you know why he did this, stick? right? I do. It's unemployment garbage. It's so, then he, so then people cannot claim that they cannot work. I get it. It's fiscal. I get it. But if you're going to put lives at stake for money, you're, first of all, you're committing political murder. And second of all, you are a moron. Like, I just don't have any other word to describe this action, in my opinion. And maybe somebody can come to the defense of sticking their fingers in a bowling ball or wearing somebody else's shoes at a bowling alley 
and how that involves social distancing? Are we all going to be on lines at the gym and do circuit training? And then there are only lines that can get you in and out of the gym. And the locker rooms can't be open, right? Because if the locker rooms are open, oh, my God, we're going to shower near each other. Definitely within six feet. Seth, uh, this boggles my mind. Okay, I got nothing else. You are a moron. Not you, Seth. Governor, go. You got 90 seconds. I just kind of want to second what uh, Sean said. You are a bleeping moron. I get why you're doing it. Moron. I get why you're doing it. It kind of explains everything that you've done as far as I can tell, although I am not a native Georgian. From how you won your election, it it kind of fulfills everything. It, It makes all the sense in the world. You don't have to spell it out. Nobody's that stupid. Except maybe you, because you're a moron. I'm good. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the draft. That was blunt enough. Ladies and gentlemen, enjoy the draft. For Seth Kamins, this is Sean Palmer, BackSportsPage.com, Blog Talk Radio, Seth and Sean Sports Radio. And we'll see you next week with the tally and the Cesar Ruiz trade. See you, everybody. Have a good day. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.